Nobody really predicted that SARS would not continue to be a problem. But by public health measures, including isolation and proper precautions, it was possible to put the genie back in the bottle. Dr. Arnold S. Monto, an epidemiologist in the University of Michigan's School of Public Health. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Equine Body Talks, a podcast about opening the conversation on equine wellness. Join us as we dive deeper into the whole body approach for your equine performance courses. Hey gang, this is Katie and Kim coming to you today uh, a little bit differently than we have in the past, simply because as everybody's experiencing, these are pretty unprecedented times um, that's affecting all of us globally. And at the moment, I'm still in isolation. (laughs) Katie is holding down the fort out at Cooley. And uh, so we're having to do this remotely. Um, So Katie's on the phone. I'm here in my office and uh, we are going to go through and have a talk today about how this uh, COVID crisis is affecting us here in the equine industry. Obviously, it's affecting everybody on uh, their own their own lives. But for sure, those of us in the equine industry are feeling a little bit differently for different reasons. So we're going to go through some of those. The changes that we're seeing are coming at us fast and furious. Every day, it seems that we have something new popping up um, from the news or that you might see on social media. This is creating a lot of fear and anxiety that is coming from what is unknown and uncertain for our future. Essentially, though, What we want to do here is look at the big picture. What we as a society are currently being asked to do now to help out is pretty minor compared to what the consequences could be if we don't adhere to the regulations coming at us. I know, Katie, um, you as well are feeling some of these when you get people coming up uh, to either drop off or pick up horses. At your place? For sure. Yeah, we're trying to do everything as isolated, I guess, as possible. And, um, you know, everything I can do to keep my family and my staff safe. But at the same time, um, take care of the horses and kind of keep keep the world going round. Because eventually one day we will get get through this. And there will be shows to go to again. And everything will start back up. And we'll be hopefully back to normal. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to really focus on being grateful for the resources we have, specifically for us here in Canada, that a lot of other countries outside of ours don't have. The fact that we have homes and are simply being asked to stay home and keep social distance is really not that big a deal when you compare it to other conflicts people face even currently in the world um, or that our families even faced years ago during the Depression and uh, the World Wars. So. Totally. They did not have grocery pickup. No. Years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Perspective is huge. So we're going to try and keep that in mind as what some of the information we're going to hand out to you here 
uh, a little hard to take for sure in terms of what's currently happening. But keep in mind that, like Katie had said, this is coming to an end. Eventually, it will. We don't have uh, knowledge as to when that's going to happen. And uh, when it does, I think it's going to come back tenfold for sure. So, totally. And I think the other point is, too, you have the option to choose how you're going to get through this. Uh huh. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit positive, catch up on some Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, Isn't the worst thing? No. Like, I'm catching up on Paw Patrol. They're releasing to release. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yes. Paw Patrol is something I have no knowledge of. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're skipping to that level, Kim, where you have to watch Paw Patrol, <laughs> you, you've out watched Netflix. Yeah. No, my home office and my kitchen have uh, never been cleaner, that's for sure. It's a great time yeah, to, to go through things that way. If you can buy cleaning products. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Yeah, it's it's hard when we have so much freedom in our daily lives, which very suddenly, like literally within 24 hours, was pulled back. Um, yeah. So all of us are feeling it. I'm feeling it too. And I have days where I go back and forth between feeling that poor me syndrome and then feeling very blessed. So these are all yeah. normal feelings. And if you're feeling them too, it is okay Absolutely. The only thing we ask is that you don't stay in the poor me moments and dwell in those and that you find resources in order to talk to others about those. You can even call Tamara. Absolutely. We're here for you. (laughs) So what is it really? And why is it a big deal? We've checked through and we hope that you are checking your facts as well for any information that you may be sharing. But the World Health Organization has full articles um, and is going to give you the most in-depth information as to what is really going on globally, but also what is this novel coronavirus. So being called a novel virus simply means it is new to the human genome and initially likely came from other animal sources, which has now jumped species. It's not unheard of, but definitely rare. This is what makes it a bigger problem than, say, the normal flu, which the human species has some natural immunity to and has built up resistance to already. This novel coronavirus, or COVID-19, as it's now come to known, we have no natural immunity or resistance to. Research on it has started from the onset and continues today, but is with more urgency than ever. There's a lot of unknowns about why some people seem to have mild symptoms and others extremely severe. Definitely those who are immunocompromised are vulnerable and especially those with respiratory problems, as this virus attacks the respiratory tract and clogs up the lungs. So why are some people seemingly carriers without knowing and others show symptoms immediately? We don't have those answers. How long does the virus last on substances and materials? There's varying accounts, but it is likely to last from hours to days. Yeah, and I had a really interesting conversation with someone too, uh, as far as temperature and then humidity factors. And so it's actually lasting different times. 
from country to country or even from like state to state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a little bit more tricky. Yeah, absolutely. It it makes it very tricky because there's so many factors involved um, that they just still, we're just months into this uh, three months, essentially. So as I said, the research is coming fast and furious, but it's still not a hundred percent known facts and they're going with the best information they have. So the idea that it potentially could peter out in the summertime, maybe, uh, maybe it'll come back stronger in the fall too. You know, those just aren't knowns right now, but the one thing that is known is the fact that it only way that it can transmit right now is between contact. So that's why the hygiene and the distancing is essential. If we can get that under control, then there is no way for it to produce back and forth between humans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one thing, especially as body workers that we need to be aware of, uh, this is a fact that was shown again, not knowing timeframe specifically, but infected individuals can leave molecules on their animals that they pet or uh, possibly cough onto or something to that effect or sneeze onto that then a secondary individual can contact. So just like touching someone's hand or picking up um, something that uh, an infected individual has put down that you then pick up afterwards, that secondary contact can happen, not saying that it is, because of like, it's going to the animal and then the animal transmits it. It's just simply because it's laying on their fur. So if you are still um, out there and practicing, you need to be aware of that, that even if somebody that owns the animal you're working on has symptom or not even symptoms is asymptomatic um, and touches their animal. And then you come along within the hour or next little while because again we're not sure specifically on time frame touch that animal you potentially have the risk of of um, contacting it so just another factor that uh as body workers we need to be even more aware of yeah there's always more questions often than answers but this is why it's so important as we said to just make sure and you get the most updated information And I highly, highly recommend doing that through the World Health Organization website um, because research is changing just as quickly as the the information that we're getting in terms of the spread of the disease. So this brings us kind of to the crux of what we want to talk today about is the equine industry itself. There's been a huge disruption to this industry and it's happened before in regards to other infections. But this is the first time in our modern um, history, anyhow, that the infection is stopping the shows and whatnot because of human-to-human contact. The ones before have been more due to equine infectious disease, that they've had to close borders or limit um, shows or whatnot going on. But this is the first time, as they say, that it's actually human-to-human that is causing. And it's not only that it's in involving one specific country it's involving the entire world at the same time because the spread is so quick 
So the economic impact then is going to be enormous, not only just on the Canadian industry, but the American, European, Asian, all over the world. This is definitely going to be felt. And it's going to be up to us in terms of how we respond to be able to come back from this epidemic as quickly as possibly um, economically. It has caused the majority of us body workers to have to cancel or reschedule work. And most of us that would normally be looking at doing, you know, four to 10 horses a day are looking at doing no horses at this point. Uh, so again, I know every body out there is being affected differently. And Katie, you specifically can talk in regards to owning a small business um, that employs more individuals as opposed to being an entrepreneur like myself, but it absolutely is affecting all of us in every yeah. aspect. The trickle down is just enormous. Yes, it is. Um, you know, the number of people that are being put on the eye and people that have lost their jobs, it, it affects everybody's life to such an impact that it, it trickles down into the personal pressure and I think it's going to have a big impact. But like I said before, eventually, hopefully through the summertime, we will be back um, and we'll be able to continue on with the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. Are you, at this point, I know, as I say, you own a business as opposed to just being a, a sole entrepreneur like myself, but um, your staff, have you had to look at different ways to accommodate them? How are you handling it from that perspective? Uh, yes, we've had to make some changes as far as scheduling and stuff goes. Um, it's not a good thing, but with school being shut down, um, there is a lot more help available as far as that goes. So for anybody who can be still operating um, with, you know, basically post-secondary and K-12 being shut down, there's lots more opportunity as far as that stuff goes. And it's tough. It's really tough for businesses to make decisions because you need to make the best decision for the business to hopefully come out of this. But sometimes it doesn't end well for um, employees, you know, they get cut hours or reduced hours. Um, sometimes it's not enough for them to live on. I know there is government programs, um, but even those are going to be so backlogged for the next little while that I think it's going to be a while before we see anything come out of those as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. We're going to get into some of those here in a little bit as well for everybody, but, um, I think we've all seen it in the news. Uh, the latest one was Bruce Meadows canceling their summer series, which is a huge blow to the industry here in Southern Alberta. Um, and I've seen it as a cutting horse competitor for sure with the NCHA taking the stance same that all, all shows that they sanction uh, currently are being um, postpone, not postponed in some ways, postponed. Some of them are being canceled altogether right through till the middle of May. Um, and with all of the, the regulations coming from government that people, it varies from area to area, um, that 
no more than 10 to 50 people can gather in one location at a time. That essentially has shut down all clinics, uh, everything whatsoever. So yeah, it's, that's huge. Because <laughs> even if you yeah. are able to uh, incorporate within those numbers, you, there's sometimes the facilities themselves even aren't even available. One of the things we're going to yeah. talk about here right away too is that fact. Um, a lot of barns have decided to shut their doors and that is impacting people in a totally different aspect that I even thought about right from the beginning of this whole thing in that they're not even able to see their own horses. So I just want to read here quickly. Uh, this is uh, Alberta Equestrian Federation, which is also coming from Equine Canada, that their stance currently on the operation of uh, facilities so what they say is, in an effort to minimize the transmission of coronavirus, Equestrian Canada and the Provincial Territorial Sport Organizations recommend the following as best practices concerning equestrian facility operations, consistent with the recommendations of applicable health authorities. In Alberta specifically, the Alberta Equestrian Federation does not have the authority to regulate facility operations we have the responsibility to educate our community. Due to federal, provincial, territorial, and local government recommendations on the movement of individuals, as well as the current states of emergency declared by provinces and territories, EC and the provincial um, regulations or organizations, sorry, recommend that all public and private facilities that host equestrian related activities including but not limited to stables and lesson barns, cease public-facing a non-essential activities until greenlit by the aforementioned government authorities. All levels of government in Canada have publicly and repeat, repeatedly communicated that everyone in the country should be par- practicing social distancing to reduce their exposure to other people, and the Prime Minister declared that all Canadians should stay home. Therefore, EC and the provincial organizations recommend that facilities that host equine-related activities allow the personnel needed to take care of the facilities and the equines on their premises. This includes facility owners, facility managers, equine caretakers, providers of equine-related essential services, for example, veterinarians and farriers, and boarders or owners providing equine-related minimum standards of care, Non-essential personnel include students, friends, family, the public, and boarders or owners who are not providing an equine-related minimum standard of care are encouraged to remain off the premises. The level of risk involved in equestrian sports is high. In order to alleviate pressure on an already overburdened healthcare system during this pandemic, precautions to reduce the risk of accidents should be taken and contact your insurance providers with questions regarding your coverage. Fact sheets from insurance providers are available at the AEF website. Updates for Equine Community and the EC's online statement on coronavirus is also on their website. So again, those were 
fairly strongly worded statements coming from Equestrian Canada or both Equestrian Canada and AEF. They essentially have the same statement. Um, I think the big thing is that they have stated they cannot dictate how facilities do the business. However, facilities are mandated by government protocol. So, you know, again, if you are a facility manager, these are strong, strong recommendations from Equine Canada, which the majority of barns that I am aware of have decided to close their barns temporarily. Um, And in fact, a lot of that is coming more from their insurance providers than it is from actually uh, Equine Canada. Um, I know myself, I did check into my own coverage as a body worker and asked, you know, what is the current policy that they might have in regards to my current insurance that I carry. And their recommendation to me was that there is no coverage under my policy for COVID-19. It provides coverage for professional negligence for the services that I provide And my policy does not state how I should run or conduct my business. It is therefore up to me as an individual to follow all mandated protocols. So again, (laughs) it's really tough sometimes to read between the lines, but I highly recommend that you as individuals contact your insurance uh, companies, find out for sure how you are or are not going to be covered should something happen. And this includes not only uh, equine body workers in terms of the chances of contracting or transmitting the virus, um, but also for any situation that may happen because of your negligence. So somebody being kicked, for instance, um, that then needs to seek medical attention. And then how does that play Uh, onto your responsibility in the situation and burdening, as they mentioned, the healthcare system. So there's a lot of factors involved here that we need to be aware. And again, not trying to scare anybody away um, from making their own decisions about their circumstances. But there are a lot of things that you need to take into consideration when it comes to that. So legal liability being huge in that. What are your thoughts on that, Katie? Yeah, I think just taking, like, every precaution we can right now and just being really smart about it. I mean, I know some barns are booking appointment time, so you can go in, um, you get your time slot, you can go in, get your horse, ride, disinfect everything, and then leave, and then the next person can go in. Um, So I think everybody's able to kind of manage it differently. I know we're trying to reduce foot traffic and like I said, our drop-off and pickup um, are very isolated now um, as far as all that goes and we're disinfecting everything after everyone leaves too. So I think everyone needs to like I said, do their part um, and just be really smart about it and yeah, make the best decisions for your facility as well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I can speak to myself personally in terms of my situation. I have chosen to 
continue to offer my um, equine business. However, in saying that, there's a lot of, again, reasons why I personally have made these choices. First off being we were on holidays for two weeks prior to all of this happening. Um, And so I knowingly took two weeks holidays without having pay for sure, but then had a full slate of, uh, of clients lined up as soon as I came home only to find out that we then needed to self-isolate as soon as we stepped off the plane. We arrived home early morning hours of March 12th, so that was kind of D-Day that um, was marked for isolation. And so I haven't worked for the following two weeks here. I'm just about to come off isolation now, Um, but that's a whole month without income, which is is huge for a lot of people. And yeah, I mean... Honestly, I know there's a lot of people that are currently being laid off, but as an entrepreneur, I don't have access to EI. So, uh, and not even that I necessarily would be on EI if I, you know, different circumstance, but I just mean everybody is in the same type of boat. People are losing jobs. People are um, missing out on income on every scale. But that's why for myself, I have chosen to continue on with some massage sessions on a case-by-case basis. So when I say that, it certainly will depend on how I'm monitoring my health currently. And since we've come back, have been feeling fine. So no problems there. Um, However, definitely have been in complete self-isolation for that reason. How are my owners that I'm going to go see, how are they feeling? Um, if they are in a barn facility that is allowing body workers to still come in and provide service, then how are things at that barn? How are the hygiene protocols being respected? If at all I feel that they're not up to standards, uh, then I will not go. And those those appointments will be postponed uh, for hopefully not too long, but again, unknowingly when. Um, And then the other thing is also when I do go, I'm only now doing, you know, essentially one or two horses a day, depending on the private facility and that private individual. So whereas before I had strict hygiene protocols between clients, I now am not even taking that risk and instead will just do one client a day. And then I will come home, throw all my clothes that I've been um, using into the washing machine, jump in the shower, um, you know, and everything that I have used in terms of my tools all gets disinfected. Same type of protocols I'm sure the majority of people are already taking right now, um, but just heightened for sure. So, and there's, and like you had mentioned, there's a lot of barns that are still operating, but on a, a much different level than they would have before. I th- and I think it really is a personal call. Um, so how everybody chooses to do that based on their individual needs is up to them. As long as those isolation parameters and the health and hygiene concerns are being addressed. One thing that I have noticed uh, on social media is that the whole shaming um, or judgment that's going on. And I really find no place right now for any of that. (laughs) 
Uh, no, and I think too, everybody is handling it differently. Yeah. It's a lot of stress for even people in the best of cases and scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, every, I think everybody is just reeling from it and doesn't, we don't really know how to act because we've never had to do this before. No, for sure. Um, and, you know, the news is full of so much stuff that you need to go on social media and it's full of so many different stories and things. So, like we said before, go to the actual website, find out what you need to know, and then shut the rest off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get away from it. But, yeah, you can't always judge. You can't be very quick to judge other people because everybody is handling it differently and they're all going through different situations. Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't know what what's going through someone's head or what is dressing them out yeah. um, right now. And so I just, yeah. Don't, don't be quick to judge other people. No, uh, there's no, there's no room for judgment in my mind, regardless of any situation. Um, I have seen people that are being, um, quote, attacked verbally, uh, because they don't understand what immune compromisation means to each individual or, or somebody going through it. You know, I, I think there is a lot of that out there. The people that just literally don't know. So maybe just educate them. In my case, I'm very aware of what uh, immune compromisation does to your system. I've gone through chemo and have been in those shoes where the actual thought of getting uh, even the common cold scared me to death, that it could have been um, drastically changed my my rate of survival. So I do understand I take things extremely seriously but I also have some clients, some horses that are in need of care as well for my services because of their own current condition and that their quality of life will suffer um, should I not be able to perform the session on them. So again, it's dealt with on a case-by-case basis. I really really appeal to everybody to not be judgmental and certainly do not um, take to social media to pass those judgments. That is extremely harmful. So yeah, that's my little rant on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But just really communication is super, super, super key and honesty as well. Make sure that everybody is aware of um, the parameters in which you are going to be working and that they also make you aware of the parameters in which they expect you to be working. So Mm -hmm. if you choose to do that again, totally personal choices, but isolation uh, and when I say not isolation, sorry, distancing is super, super key as well as the hygiene. We're going to just keep saying that over and over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. But even if you are somebody that has chosen to temporarily shut um, down the business and you're scared as to what that is going to mean for your business going forward um, because you, you know, you're not seeing clients. There's a variety of different things that we're going to talk to you about right now that you can do to help keep that connection and maybe even be able to prompt them into using your services sooner, as soon as things do get back to normal. So Talk to each one of your owners. Keep in contact with them, whether that's by email, text, phone, however you seem it's uh, deem it to be appropriate. 
offer them some free advice. How can they manage this themselves currently? If you're not able to see their horses, maybe there's some tips in terms of exercises, stretches, um, things like that, that you can offer them to help their horses through this. Another huge one is nutrition. So one thing that people forget often is that if the horse is in a much reduced workload, then their nutrition requirements are not the same. And so do not keep feeding. If you have a very regimented feed program that you have developed and have set out for the barn staff, but it includes a lot of concentrates, man, keeping that horse on those concentrates through a downtime like this that could last a couple of months could be very detrimental to their health. So just being kind of a guiding force for those owners and helping them understand as well, um, you know, things that they can do to help will be key. So offer them, I, I suggest giving it to them free currently because that builds a little bit of a trust thing as well. And um, being able to go through this together is something that you're going to feel that sense of community with your owners if you do that. And it can help maintain your business, but also help grow your business down in this downturn for when it comes back. There's lots of time now that if all those times, I mean, how many times I've said, man, if I only had an extra couple of hours in the day, <laughs> that uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love to be able to spend some time and do more research on a specific topic or a case that I was, I've been working on that I want to delve a little bit deeper into it. Now is your time. So I know if you're anything like me, you have a whole plethora of equine anatomy and biomechanic books sitting in your bookshelf. Take them out. Start reading them um, and take the time. Do your research online as well. Make sure that, again, you're from reliable sources. But there's so much that we can do to continue our knowledge right now. If you're a small business, you can also look at doing some things to help build the business end of your um, of your work. So... lots of tools available online, some of them free, some of them not. Um, Just be aware of the people putting them out and and trust that the ones or do your research and trust that the ones that you pick uh, are going to be beneficial for what you um, are wanting to specifically target for your business. Other things you can do work as a group to support each other. So I've done this with a group of ladies that are um, body workers that that we have already had a Zoom call and plan on having some more Zoom calls just to check in. Nothing more. Just let off whatever steam we might need to um, bring some anecdotes to each other's day, make each other laugh. But being able to see each other's faces and connect like that is pretty big. So that would be something I would also that might even delve into doing some mentorship with somebody. So if you're somebody that is just starting out, I know we had one of the uh, question come forth from one of our um, people on social media about this is she's new to the business. She's concerned about being able to keep up her, um, not only her business and building her business in this time, but also her ability to do more courses and whatnot. And so I would say, check things out. If you know, I mean, again, Katie and I are both here for sure. We'd be happy to do this. So connect with us. Um, But there are mentoring, mentoring opportunities still available that people can do again online. 
not ideal when you're dealing with uh, an industry where you really do need to be able to feel things, but we got to make the best of this as we can. If you feel comfortable and the situation um, is appropriate in terms of, again, social distancing and hygiene practices, potentially you are able to then get together one-on-one and work on a specific case. So there are some options that way as well. You just need to be aware of what in your area is mandated by uh, your governments. So I know we have listeners from all over the world, and that is going to be completely different um, for somebody yeah. that is in Europe and than people that are currently here in North America. So, so just be aware of all of those as well before you go ahead and follow any of this advice. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Starting private pages on Facebook, for instance, too, where you can share case studies, upload videos, watch horses movement, being able to comment back and forth, banter and decide, you know, what is it that you see? What is it that I see? Um, where would you go with this specific case? So there's lots of different things that allow us with our technology nowadays to continue our growth, even if it is not necessarily in the same structured environment that we're used to. I know our group that Tina and I um, have, they expand in hand continuing education courses. We have chosen currently to just put them on hold, uh, postpone them for the spring because of the uncertainties and the fact that the barn that we use for our facility um, has opted to close their doors for a variety of reasons that we talked about, including insurance. So we want to make sure we respect, obviously, all of that. And it's just not safe enough right now in Canada. We still have snow on the ground and ice on the ground to be able to do work on the horses out uh, outside. So at this yeah. point, we've we've decided to put things on hold, um, but only as a postponement. Again, those those are coming back, so not to fret. Maybe this is a time to save up some of that money too that you do want to use for course studies when uh, when we're able to, because most. Most of us are definitely going to lose business from this and it will take a little while to come back from. So you might have the opportunity to do more courses as soon as these uh, protocols are lifted and we're able to gather together. Is there any other ones you can think of, Katie? No, I think those are great. And um, yeah, if you guys don't have someone to reach out to, like Kim and I said, we're both here. And... uh, we can be available for people too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is going to be key is to just come together as a community and share with one another. This isn't um, this isn't about your business or my business. This is our business that we want to see come through and make sure yeah. that it has time um, and place to grow down the road. Because we yeah. know that nope. this hit us very quickly and it is very scary that, you know, something could happen that that fast to shut down an entire industry um, or industries globally. So there's a ton of fear out there. But um, I know Bridget mentioned this on her VE stuff, but the the whole um, love can conquer fear (laughs) attitude is is big. And this is most definitely coming to an end. It's going to come to an end. We just don't know when. 
So we need to be the best prepared as possible. Yeah. So again, we're going to talk a little bit here more from an Alberta perspective, simply because that's currently where we are. So every location that's listening is going to have different options available to them. Uh, really highly suggest that you get in contact with those if you are feeling the need to be um, helped financially. There's a lot of programs available for pretty much every person right now in this country who's having a financial crisis because of the coronavirus. We're going to put out some of those links on our notes, page notes here, but also on our social media. The one thing I want to make sure people are aware, because it seems when you hear these these notices coming across on the news from the PM or from our provincial government, whoever it might be, that this is great, we're going to get some money in our pockets. But be aware, (laughs) this is not free money. At some point, in some way, we are going to have to pay this back. So whether that's through taxes or whether it's directly through the programs themselves that you will have to pay them individually back. It's, it's just very, it's variable. Um, so be aware. Yeah. Some of the programs that are going to be available will help to defer payments. So things such as mortgages, bank loans, student loans, income tax, um, your workers' compensation, all those things are currently being pushed back potentially. Again, you need to be aware of your situation and uh, in look into those. So we'll, We'll put those links on there for you so you can look into it individually. And then some are payments that are going to be applied straight to your pocketbook that will help cover some costs in the meantime. So I know specifically here in Alberta, the government has a one-time $1,100 payment to assist anyone that's not eligible for EI. So that will encompass the majority of our listeners um, and is available until April 1st. Because at that point, the federal government has their emergency care benefit coming in um, that will also be available to anybody that does not get covered under EI. And that will be available through Canada Revenue Agency. So if that is something that you are going to be in need of, there is aid, again, specifically for Albertans and then uh, Canadians. So if you're in a different country and you're wondering about what this is going to have, how this is going to affect, you're going to have to look at your, um, I guess, maybe state or local authorities and then federally as well as to what, what is available. But those websites from those agencies will give you all the guidance that you need in terms of being able to access those funds. Likely in, if it's the same case as ours, uh, again, it's not free money. At some point, you're going to have to pay it back. So just be aware of all the fine print that is written on them and um, be conscious of how you're spending your money as well. Um, and any others that you can think of, Katie, that you know of? Um, there are going to be some small uh, programs for small business too, mm-hmm. as far as keeping people employed and stuff. Um, but yeah, you just have to check. I guess for each situation, it's a little bit different. So, um, you know, have good accountants or good reliable sources that you can talk to, so that you can hopefully get as much much help as possible. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think Katie and I both talked about this prior to um, hitting the record button here. But one of the big things too is if at all possible, support one another. So not only just yeah. supporting um, if you can, or if you are able to have your horse looked at or worked on and supporting your individual body workers, but then as well, again, it's all such a trickle effect. So if there's a little bit of money in my pocket, then I'm going to be able to help the person um, in town that has the coffee shop that is maybe still offering some small portion of their business. So yeah, I, I, I think Katie, yeah. you have a lot more to say on that too, but. I do. Yeah. I just think that um, now more than ever, all small businesses are going to really need help. And so if you are in a place where you need to purchase something, um, instead of just going online and going to the, website of the big company, you know, trying to be sourced out somewhere local that has it or, you know, horses in training, horses going through commissioning, things like that is really important because, um, you know, we all have, have bills to pay and stuff. And so even going for supper, if you're going to grab takeout, you know, choosing a place that, you know, is owned by somebody in town, um, and it's just a, like a local small business, I think those are going to be some of the most important decisions that we make over the next six months to a year is how we're going to step up and really help support support the local places or else they're not going to be there anymore. And I know living, you know, we live just outside of Old. We have some great stores in town that um, I'm going to be very conscious to make sure that when I can, I help out because I want to see them there for years to come. Absolutely. And you brought up a point I forgot I wanted to mention also uh, beforehand, but in regards to the conditioning program. So um, there's a lot of trainers or barn facilities out there that have people considering potentially pulling their horses for the next few months because there is no shows to go to. So, you know, why would you have your horse in training or um, in a barn facility where you're able to ride or we're hoping to ride and now potentially not able to ride the horse. Um, I guess just a few thoughts on that. Again, not telling anybody what they should be doing. It's an individual choice and situation that will dictate your actions. But if and when, not if, when this does come to an end, if it is potentially this summer, which hopefully it is, you know, we will see shows starting right back up again and we're going to want to be able to support those shows because we've been dying to go to them all all winter and so if that's the case you want to make sure that your horse is still maintained in, in a type of condition that will allow you to take that horse and go and compete uh, or go to show as soon as possible um if you take the horse and put them in the field for the next couple of months or months um weeks even you're going to show uh, see a huge lack of condition that is going to come off those horses very quickly. Uh, and then the fact of if you get the eager bug to get back into the show, even though the horse has been sitting in a pasture, you're going to run the risk of injuring that horse if you take it back to competition without having proper um, conditioning or posture. So maintaining as much as possible. We know this is a hard, hard time for everybody, both emotionally, financially, um, 
in every aspect of your life, really. So you'd really need to take it individually. But the more that you can support one another right now, even if it is meaning having to have a conversation um, and maybe modify schedules, riding schedules, riding times, um, body work sessions, modifying how many times they're seen, um, what type of, of work that's being done, whatever it might be, again, open the communication between all of your equine wellness team and make sure and support each other as much as possible. But knowing that these are tough economic times for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, the last thing we really want to talk on or touch on here is about mental health. So no matter where you are going right now um, in your direction with this, mental health is going to be key. Making sure, again, that you take all of your information from reliable sources. Do not go to YouTube or unreliable news agencies for your information. Make sure and stay on government sites or the World Health Organization site so that you get the actual facts and that you're not spreading untruths, even even unknowingly, um, because there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with this in different ways and fear is very rampant at the moment. So, And untrue story. Yes. Increase Yeah. And we all know, even yeah. prior to this, there's a lot of untruths being spread, especially over the internet, um, or portions of truth that are being told. And it's just not productive to anybody to participate in any of that kind of conversation. So really be cognizant of the information that you are wanting to share. And really, the best thing right now is laughter. <laughs> so if you're able to spread a little joy by posting, I saw this morning, somebody, uh, family doing a limp, lip sync video. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. It brought a huge smile yeah. to my face. Love watching that. Um, yeah. Or if you're a family, I sent this actually to my sister because they are the perfect family to do a lip sync video. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I want to see you do it. <laughs> so I don't know. You'll she has me when they do it. Yeah. I know. I will. I'll, I'll tag everybody, but um, I really hope they do do it. It's just, it's enormous amounts of fun for everybody to see. And, and if you're in isolation right now, or you're in um, distancing with your family and you're trying to find some fun activity for the kids to do, we've all seen them, you know, those videos where they have the dad and the little girl or whatever it might be. But even as a family, just doing some fun things like that is a great way to start trying to choreograph it, pick the music. Um, it could be a yeah. whole week's activity before you actually even post it online. But then you get to watch how many likes or, you know, fun interactions you get from people. So, so that's something anyways, just really trying to push from your mental health to stay as positive as you can in this difficult time. Um, but also bringing joy to others, I think is huge. Or doing yeah. doing other good deeds. So if if that's not your stick, and I know you know I'm not necessarily somebody that in, loves getting in front of the camera, uh, and my husband for sure is not going to get in front of the camera. <laughs> so that's off our plate. But if there's something else you can do that's going to just help make you feel like you're a valuable contributing member of society. So yep. checking in with call, call your grandma. Yeah, absolutely. Um, elderly or specifically. Uh, 
going to hit this difficulty with not only the fear of contracting this, but also just mentally being more isolated than the general population. So talk to your senior citizens for sure. Bring them groceries. Obviously do not put them in a compromised situation in terms of their health and interaction um, physically, but yeah. If they're, if they're able to get on and do um, Skyping or Zoom-type calls where they can see you, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just talk. Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> Obviously, I like to talk. <laughs> and, yeah, if you're not a talker, you can also journal, which yeah. works really well for me. Well, that's awesome. Good point. Good, good point. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the time I'm done, at the, end of, at the end of my journal every day, I do my gratitude session yeah and so you know writing at least a minimum of five things that i'm grateful for and lots lots of days are the same things but just realizing that gratitude and that i am where i am and i have what i have and you know i still have my family and stuff like that i think that's really important oh for sure absolutely yeah and then my biggest thing that i've had to check myself on too is getting off social media and turning I off agree. the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still want to yeah. be informed. And of course, with, I think, I think where I got really stuck in this trap because I, I was prior to this pretty cognizant of my time on um, social media and, and even watching the news, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch the news for the most part. Um, and so maybe that's why I was a little late to the game and was so shocked when all of a sudden, um, you know, this became such a pandemic and people were hoarding toilet paper and what the heck's going on. I had no idea how this was happening. I know. I know. I was late to the party too. Yeah. But now I found myself since it hit and we've been in isolation, I am like glued to the news and to social media, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. How fast is, are things changing? Um, I mean, things literally, especially last week, were changing by the minute. And I just, it, it added to my anxiety. And I had a lot of anxiety last week, for sure. Uh, I still have anxiety over all of this. So, you know, nobody's alone in this. But being able to distance yourself from not only, in this case, the virus, um, socially, <laughs> but also from all of the negative that we are seeing is going to be a big key to your mental health and helping get through all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of the points that we brought up definitely are things that you're already probably hearing or practicing, but it, I don't think it hurts to reiterate them. And we just hope that everybody out there is doing well. Um, everyone's going to be affected differently. So as Katie's mentioned a number of times, please contact us. We want to be here as much to support you through this as to maybe gain information and be able to share it with everybody else. Um, would not obviously do that uh, in terms of putting your information out there, but just anonymously, um, if people can learn from one another, then this is how we're going to get through it all and supporting one another. Mm-hmm. So. Just, uh, yeah, that's, I think, kind of where we want to cover it for today. And we'll just monitor how the next week or two goes for our next episode, um, which we had planned, (laughs) but got put off to the wayside because of people being in isolation and then this just becoming such a huge issue. Yeah. So 
Hope everybody looks after themselves and looks after their neighbors. So you guys take care. And do your part. Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast and get all the new episodes. Please rate, review, and share with your friends so we can grow and bring you topics you're most interested in. Contact us through our website or on social media with your engagement. And guys, we just want to remind everybody, I know you've probably heard it a million times, but the more that we all do our part and have good hygiene, different sex, and social distance, the sooner we'll be through this and the sooner we can get back to shows, competitions, and riding. Thanks for joining us today. Reach out to our social media pages for more information on today's episodes and lots of extras.